I think doctors and medical students in particular are particularly notorious for not seeking care early enough. And I think that's for two reasons. Number one, we're just so damn goal-focused. We're so focused on the finish line and we forget to look after ourselves. And number two, there's this, I think, common misconception amongst doctors and medical students and really anybody in healthcare that because I am in healthcare, I know how to watch out for health things with regard to myself. But if you think about it, that's not actually my job. Like nobody pays me by the hour to look after my own health. Hi, Dr. David Lamb. Thank you so much for joining me on the MDA National Junior Doctor Wellbeing Podcast. Thanks for having me on the show, Dana. And so you have been a rural GP for the past five years and recently, congratulations, got a scholarship to do your GP anesthetics training. You also DJ on the side. Is there anything that you can't do? Can you please like maybe name something so that I feel a bit better about myself? <laughs> oh, so it's... People just assume I can sing because I DJ and I play guitar, but I actually can't. So outside of the shower, all bets are out. <laughs> okay, that only makes me feel slightly better because I'm pretty terrible <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> so David, you know, having been a um, winner of the GP of the Year Award by RACGP, you know, and being a GP yourself, I was just wondering if you have your own GP, because as a GP myself, I have my own GP, and we're here to talk about why yeah. it's important to have one. Uh, I think it's absolutely important, Dana. Uh, I do have my own GP, and she works for an organization called Doctors Health SA, which is an organization funded to specifically provide assistance and medical care to doctors themselves, and I think they do a really good job. I guess the only thing I look back on is, wow, I really could have done with this sooner because for so because there was you know, six years of medical school, internship, and then a couple of years of residency where I had no doctor. And in hindsight, man, I could have really done with one. And so let's dive into why it is important for medical students and junior doctors to have their own GP, especially early on. Hmm. Not to oversimplify the answer, but quite simply, I reckon because there's just so much going on in anybody's life. Uh, that's why I think it's important that everybody, regardless of their profession, but doctors are certainly no exception, everybody needs their own GP. Basically, somebody to watch your back. I mean, you might be very health conscious, very health literate, which most doctors, most, most doctors are. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, we've, any, any of us have got, we've got our jobs to look after, we've got our families to look after, we've got our outside interests as well. And, you know, there's just the very real chance of having a bit of cognitive overload there. So it's just really nice, if anything else, to have somebody watching your back and be able to pick up on things before they become major problems. And that's why I think everybody, and doctors are no exception, should have a GP. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I often describe to any med students or junior doctors that I come across, you know, being on the side of being a GP that looks after other doctors and medical students, it's often a good idea to establish that relationship very early on because you never know absolutely. one day something might happen and you may not be able to pick up on it but when you walk through that door and your gp who's known you for so many years will go hang on a minute something's not right you really are unwell 
you know, we shouldn't be minimizing your symptoms, we should really be investigating further, etc. Or the flip side can be true, which is maybe you're being overly anxious because you are a doctor and that perhaps there really, really honestly isn't anything further than you overthinking things because you're a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with all the above. I think doctors and medical students in particular are particularly notorious for not seeking care early enough. And I think that's for two reasons. Number one uh, is we're just so damn goal focused. We're so focused on the finish line. We don't need to eat. We don't need to sleep. All we need to do is just go through that next hurdle so we can get onto that training program. And then once we're on that training program, everything goes towards you know succeeding in that training program. And we forget to look after ourselves, um, number one. And number two, there's this, I think, common misconception amongst doctors and medical students and really anybody in healthcare that because I am in healthcare, I know how to watch out for health things with regard to myself. But if you think about it, that's not actually my job. Like nobody pays me by the hour to look after my own health. See, that's ridiculous. That's not my job. My job is to look after the health of other people. So I should go ahead and do that. But while I'm doing that, that doesn't leave a whole lot of cognitive room for me to also look after the medical issues with regard to myself nor is that my job. So again, I, I completely agree with you. Make that uh, relationship with a medical professional for your own care and for your own health's sake uh, really early. Some very good points there. And what do you think is the best way for a junior doctor or medical student to go about to find a GP that's the right fit for them? Because I always explain to my patients that you know, it, it does take a bit of shopping around to find the right fit for you. Not every single GP, the absolutely. first GP you come across is going to be right for you. Yep, that's absolutely true. Uh, and that's nothing against any particular practitioner personally, and that's nothing against you or your personality. It's just some personalities gel more with others, some styles gel more with others. And for that reason, I completely agree with you, Dana. It might take, uh, you know, it might take a couple goes to find uh, the doctor that understands you best. And there's no harm or shame or anything wrong with that. In fact, that's to be encouraged, I think. Um, in terms of where to go looking, uh, look, this is purely anecdotal from my point of view. I think that was the thing. I didn't know where first to start looking for a doctor uh, as a medical student, as a junior resident. Uh, and I think a couple ways you could do it. Number one, I think a lot's to be said about word of mouth. So quite often I hear of people linking in with health professionals uh, purely through word of mouth and conversations with colleagues and friends. However, there is the flip side of that coin that obviously, you know, we, we want to keep things as confidential as possible and that might deter people from talking to their colleagues about seeking medical care. And that's absolutely fair enough. Uh, like I said, I found Doc through the South Australian Northern Territory organisation Doctors Health SA and NT. Uh, I think they're a fabulous organization, very professional, very discreet, and uh, it's, it's easy now that I know about it, I can tell people it's as easy as literally Googling that Doctors Health SA or Doctors Health NT, clicking on the first link and there'll be a phone number to call. Uh, they're very accommodating as well. They do lots of after-hours bookings, so they do late-night bookings. They do weekends as well to accommodate you know, their, their clientele, which is doctors who have you know, horrible, horrible hours sometimes. So I'd say those are two ideas, word of mouth, and then number two, going to professional organizations that are specifically catered towards uh, rendering medical care to medical professionals like Dr. Health SA. I did a bit of Google myself in the lead up to this episode, and I also found this other organization called Docs for Doctors. Have you heard of them? 
Yes, I have. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, I don't know too much about them other than I Googled them. That looks pretty awesome as well. So it looks like they're nationwide and, again, provide lots of resources and uh, links into the health sphere for health professionals. Is that Have I got the right of that, Dan? Yeah, pretty much. And they also actually have a free educational course for doctors who oh, want to look after doctors, so particularly GPs who are wanting to learn a bit more and feel more comfortable about caring for doctors. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And every yeah, cool. state has its own doctor's health advisory service, which then also can facilitate some of that referral process. Uh, each state, for example, I believe in New South Wales and ACT, they keep their own list of GPs who are happy to see medical students and junior doctors. Uh, cool. AMSA has their own list for medical students, Australia-wide. So yeah, there are actually a lot of resources out there. It's not impossible. It has actually uh, become a lot easier with the availability of these lists. Yeah. And then the final thought I had is with regard specifically, but I assume that there's similar um, mechanisms in place with other colleges, but certainly with GP training, the uh, GP training organizations, uh, forget the acronym, RTO, Regional Training Organizations per state, uh, ours in South Australia certainly has funding for psychotherapeutic assistance uh, for their trainees free of charge. Uh, and I imagine that the other regional training organisations state by state also have some sort of provision and funding for healthcare for their trainees. So that's something that we're looking into as well. Yeah, and so if and when a junior doctor or medical student, you know, makes the appointment, they've decided, yep, I'm going to go get myself a freaking GP stat, <laughs> what can they yeah. expect yeah. when seeing a GP? Should they be expecting a collaborative approach or will it be more, uh, slightly more on the paternalistic side? Um, uh, so yeah, how should they prepare for it? Should they really be uh, having any kind of input into what investigations gets done? Things like that. Uh, I think it's the complete opposite of paternalism, but again, I'm just going purely by my own anecdotal experiences that I have a really good GP, but I found quite the opposite. So. Thinking about when I uh, I am doctoring and what makes my job easy and what makes my job go faster, I came in prepared with that as a patient. So I had my shopping list ready to go, already triaged in, an, in, in a problem list as if I was some long case for the physician's exams. Uh, and I was ready to belt it all off one by one to fit into a 15-minute appointment, but it was quite the opposite doctor was very patient, very understanding, and very, let's just take a minute right at the stop, and you know, it sounds like you've got a lot to get off your chest, so why don't we just slow it all down and let's take our time. And I, I would say probably if somebody has put their hand up to be a doctor for doctors, they will probably be of a similar mindset and style, where they're not trying to rush you, they're not trying to get a referral from you as a doctor, you are the patient there and they'll treat you just like anybody else. So I wouldn't worry too much about coming in with a shopping list or a physician's problem list. I would just go in and just be yourself, and you'll probably find it's the complete opposite of what you were being anxious about. It's not a rush. It's not a exam. It's not a viva. 
they're not trying to test you. They're not trying to say, okay, based on your symptoms, what do you think? What are your differentials for yourself? And what would your treatment plan be? Oh, no, you fail now. Get out and I'll never want to see you again. It's nothing like that either. So I would say just go in and be yourself. You can leave your dog pad at the door. And that can be quite intimidating in the sense that, you know, that implies an essence of vulnerability, of vulnerability around that to accept that I am here as the patient. Uh, but if you can get into that mindset that that's all right, I have sometimes have to be a patient and be in that area of somewhat vulnerability, that's this inevitability of life. And at the same time, you know, I'm going to trust this person to be professional and treat me right in my position of vulnerability as a patient. That's some really good advice there. And I think just a couple that I might add to what you've said is yeah. be prepared we are probably going to run late because sometimes emergencies pop up or a patient who has booked a 15 minute consult and they've broken down over, you know, something that is quite major yeah. in their life and you unfortunately can't just boot them out after 15 minutes. So we inevitably run late. Yeah. So be prepared. Don't come mm. on a day when you actually need to rush off to work. Uh, and yeah. secondly, I would say that if you do happen to have a shopping list of issues, good idea to book a long consultation, particularly if you don't feel mm. that you are able to come back for another separate session. I myself, I tend to book 15 minute appointments with my GP, but I come in, you know, um, on separate days, you know, different um, consults will be allocated to different issues. There's more than one way to skin a cat and it's up to you how to do this. But in order for us to provide the best care for you, we do need a bit of time on our hands. Mm. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, any other final parting words of wisdom? Uh, no, not really. Other than self-care is important and find something that's not as competitive as everything else that you do as a doctor and have fun with it outside of life. Uh, for me, that's, um, and you mentioned at the start, yeah, DJ, uh, at times that gets a bit stressful, like when I'm on tour interstate and then I'm out there to perform and I'm like, what if I muck it up or blind? There's lots of thought and preparation that goes into that. So then I kind of felt like I needed something else to de-stress after that. And so, yeah, started playing club, club rugby and I think that's been really good for me. Um, hang out with a bunch of people, just have a bit of fun. Encourage you all to do the same play rugby no i'm just kidding <laughs> something that's uh fun thank you so much for your time david and for coming onto the show no worries thank you very much for having me